Welcome to the Tomahawk Show. I'm Joe Thomas with my host, Andrew Hawkins, and AFD, as always, in the background. I mean, NFD. Sorry, my man. AFD. I like AFD. AFD. Can we go back to AFD? You know, it's it's for anonymous, though, right? Anonymous, of Uh, course. I get a lot of fans on Twitter. They always hit me up and they say, please call on Dan. Please call him AFD. We think that's so funny. <laughs> I saw one guy offered you 40 chicken nuggets if you called me AFD. Yeah, Are you going to exactly. pay up now? You know, uh, with me and food, you can easily bribe yeah, me to do anything bribe. with McDonald's You get paid nuggets. to do this whole show yeah. well, and whatever salami. You're whatever you're offering Joe, I'll do it for half. I'll call Joe whatever you want <laughs> for half of whatever you're offering him. Ouch. 20 nuggets, I'll call him Ouch. whatever you want. Ouch. Uh, this show is brought to you by Uninterrupted. You can subscribe on Apple iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, just about Spotify. anywhere, Spotify, anywhere yeah. you can get your podcast. Please hashtag Tomahawk if you have us questions for us or just want to talk shit about us and tell us how much we suck. That's always fun to read, too. Uh, coming up, we've got an exciting show. Kirk yeah. Cousins' future, ta- tanking in the NFL, Thursday Night Football. And we a- actually have a few guest interviews from our week at the Super Bowl that we have not played yet. Unreleased so interviews. I like unreleased that. interviews. We're it's, just hitting new levels. It's like the Tomahawk garage day every week. Yeah, we're, we're bringing some stuff up from way back. Uh, we got Matt Forte, Melvin Ingram, and Nick Mangold of Ohio State University for all you Buckeye fans out there. And for guests, speaking of guests, next week we got a, we got a huge one. We got a big guest. We, we got, got our first guest. first out of the Super Bowl guest. Yes. And he is exactly – it's Johnny Football. I don't, I, I'm not even going to tease it. We got Johnny Football next week on the Tomahawk Podcast. Tweet us. You know, because here we don't want to do like, – we're going to get into a lot of stuff. We're going to get into his time in Cleveland. But he tells some really good stories, and I want you to tweet us what story you want to hear him tell. Tweet us, hashtag Tomahawk with an H, and let us know what story you want to hear Johnny Manziel tell you here on the Tomahawk Podcast. I really feel that Johnny's going to open up and really be honest with us. Yes, of He's going to give so us all the dirt that people have been asking to hear about. It's funny because whenever he tweeted out that he was going on part of my take, I retweeted it and, and commented, like, this is cool. I'm glad he's doing in the media, but we're going to get him on the Tomahawk and we're going to take it to a new level, no matter what level PMT takes it. And I am so confident in that tweet, and I am so excited about it because – that's what a Forbes 30 under 30 podcast does. It Boom. takes it to a new Boom. level. Boom. We take it to the new Come level on. here on the Tomahawk Show. Uh, yeah, I think it's awesome. He's obviously sort of turned over a new leaf. He's trying to get back into the NFL, so he's mm-hmm. doing the media rounds. I think Good Morning America, pardon my take. Yep. And uh, we are batting third, I think, right? Yeah. Are we the, are we the third interview he's yes, going to give? And then so. he's probably going to cut everybody else off. Yeah. Because we're up there with Good Morning America when you talk about Obviously. Uh, great shows, legendary worldwide. Good Morning America. Uh, we're up there they with can get the good, interview good that we're Morning America. Get. But uh, it's great because Johnny's not afraid to pull those skeletons out of his closet right now because yeah. I think he's at that stage in his life where he needs to put all that behind him. He Absolutely. needs to accept what happened and move on and prove to the NFL teams and general managers that he's serious about continuing his football they career. They want transparency. Yeah. And it's like if you, if you continue like to kind of you know, brush stuff under the, the table or not address things, and it looks like you're not really changed. The only, the only time you see somebody and you think, man, that dude has changed is when they're being completely honest and they're laying it all on the, the table. They're laying it on the line. Like, this is what happened. This is my mindset. And, you know, then people collectively kind of move on from who you used to be. So, yeah, I'm excited about it. Yeah, I think it's definitely the right move. Um, I think – it's really going to help him prove to everybody out there that he is deserving of a third chance, really, yeah. is where he is. 
And I think where he's going to enter the NFL, he's probably going to be sort of a minimum salary guy if somebody takes a chance right. on him. Backup which, role. Which will be actually a good role for him to kind of prove sure. it. It's like when you're a first-round pick, your expectations are such and your guarantees are such that teams – can't just give up on you or mm. cut you if you screw up once or twice. And I think for Johnny, he knew that, and he took advantage of it. But now he's in a situation where one screw up and he's done. Exactly. That's really a great situation for him to be in because now the onus is on him that, yeah. hey, if I oversleep this meeting or if I say yes to partying one night with buddies and then don't show up when I'm supposed to being prepared in the morning, my career is over. Right. And so having that hangover him, I think, constantly will really play in his favor uh, in his the rest of his NFL career. I mean, the thing about for me, the reason why I'm excited about like this process with him, and obviously Johnny's our friend, he's our teammate, and I don't want to get too far into it before next week, but it's like I'm excited about it because now I think the process of him to having to kind of work for it from the ground up. Not that he was given anything because he's had tremendous talent and he he performed great in college and and to be a first round pick, but it did seem it it had a feel to it that there was a little. There wasn't the appreciation that there should have been, and some things might have came a little easy. And when things come easy, you don't appreciate it. That's mm-hmm. why we always see the yep. stories yep. about lottery winners going broke <laughs> you know, almost or immediately or crazy <laughs> because it's like it's not something you went through the process of building to get. So I think him having to come through the back door, him having to go through this media turn and, and probably play in these obscure football leagues is going to be good for him. That if it does happen, you probably will see a different Johnny in the NFL than we see in the first go-around. The real question is, if he turns it around and he decides, hey, I want to do a podcast, and I want to be the third member of the Tomahawk podcast, who do we we eliminate? Who do we eliminate? That's our Twitter poll here this week. Is it Hawk? Is it Tama Football? (laughs) Is it AFD, NFD? I mean, I'm a staple here. Yeah. Yeah. We'd have to make it a four-man show, right? Yeah, true. Oh, man. Four man gets so awkward though, it right? Does. It's like who's know. on top, who's on the bottom. It just gets too weird. <laughs> um, yeah, that's you can all quote him on that. That's all going to be coming up next week with Johnny. But before we get to this week's show, let's recap last week. We had a turkey bowl draft. Oh, that's bull. And <laughs> hey, I put I'm up a Twitter up. poll, and we had <laughs> 100 trillion votes come in. Okay, and that was Hawk, it. Hawk, your team only got 14% of the votes. Listen. Joe with 86%. Wow. I, I, I want a redraft. I wanna, first off, you I want a redraft. redraft. Right, I want we'll a redraft. redraft some other day. Okay, not, not today. today, but we're going to do a redraft. Yeah. But before we do a redraft, we need to put rules in place. Oh, because what? people, like, I didn't. You didn't know Khalil Mack would be playing offense. Aaron <laughs> I, just, <laughs> I, don't, I still don't mind that. But who the hell I is going to block Khalil Mack? But, if it, if, but then people were like, oh, there's, there's a no blitz rule. I'm like, oh, well, no one said anything about a no blitz rule. All right. All right. It's standard turkey bowl. I mean, yeah, have you never played a turkey bowl? No. You never played backyard football? I get paid hundreds of thousands of dollars to play football. (laughs) Period. (laughs) I don't tune in for turkey bowls. (laughs) Although there is a flag football league coming out, and I did get a contact yesterday. Did you really? You can make big money. Like the winning team gets like a million dollars to split amongst 12 guys. Is this like amateurs, or is this the ones with former football players? This is the one with Michael Vick, Ocho Cinco. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I got hit up yesterday and asked wow. if I could play both ways. Really? I'm Can like, you play DB? Uh, yeah, I play both. I'm ways assuming in they're not putting you on the D line. No, I'm no. not rushing. I'm. I'm you I'll play, play some both nickel. ways in college. Yes, in the glass man. bowl. In the glass bowl, I played Wednesday night lights. <laughs> you oh know my gosh! It. Every single Thursday afternoon, <laughs> I was balling it up on defense. And right offense. before the JV game at the glass bowl, <laughs> you guys were out there. <laughs> the suck. The bad. The worst part about Toledo football. And I love Toledo football. Don't get me wrong. But this is what sucked. When we would play our games on Saturday night, whatever it was, half like there would be 
half the stadium would have Ohio State jerseys on. Half would have Michigan jerseys on <laughs> at a Toledo football game. Oh it was so That's like awesome. demoralizing yeah. as a player on the field. Thursday but night action. But you for some it. reason, you guys always had great players in Toledo. That's it, because you know we either didn't have the grades, we're too short, maybe had a <laughs> little bit of a maybe a little bit of a background issue. So you guys were like the Oakland Raiders. Yeah, of we're college like football. we would get all the guys who are supposed to go to Michigan, yeah. and you know, might have got That's a little good. bit of trouble that summer before college. <laughs> All right, well, let's get into today's show. Yes. We've got the it. NFL yeah, Combine coming up. Do you guys have any good Combine stories? Mm. So, Did I didn't go, go to the Combine. You didn't go? Okay. But I have well, probably the best Combine story well, in the history of the better. Combine. Let's go. You started off, though, because you, you were – Mr. Combine. Well, did you even participate? I did. You showed I did up everything you fishing at the Combine. <laughs> I was not fishing on Combine Day. That was draft day. <laughs> but I went to the Combine. It was a big job interview, obviously, as everyone says. And so I, I guess I don't really have a lot of good stories other than it was exhausting. It was extraordinarily stressful. Yeah. Um, and when it was over, I was really happy. Um, <laughs> I thought I did pretty well. I performed all the tests you know, adequately. I thought – um, when I walked out of there, I, I was very happy so that I didn't have to repeat any of that stuff at my pro day. I right. was able to just do offensive line position drills at my pro day. But um, the combine is extraordinarily stressful, not only from the testing, uh, physical, but the psychological testing they put you through. Yeah. Um, the meetings with the coaching staffs where it's almost like being in an interrogation room with the police where you have like the good cop, bad cop. Yeah. You have one, <laughs> one guy coming at you trying to make you nervous, and then the other coach is going to try to be your friend, and then they've got a third guy trying to teach you plays, and then uh, you're, you have to go up on the whiteboard and teach those other coaches the plays that you just learned. Were you super nervous? I was super nervous. So you weren't like one of the guys that were like – Yo, I know I'm going the first five minutes <laughs> no, no matter what. No way. I was I was so nervous. I was concerned because you hear the horror stories about a guy going into the combine. He was going to be a top five guy. Uh -huh. And, oh, now he dropped out of the first round because he did a horrible job at the combine. Um, it, it's just such an important interview that uh, any little slip up can be catastrophic. You know, my favorite combine story is quickly. Deion Sanders. And I forget. Oh, that's what a great story was, where he's like interviewing at the combine and he's. I forget what team he's with. They pick, like, number eight, and they ask him, like, they give him a playbook and tell him to do something, like draw these plays yeah, up. Yeah, they'll give you the playbook, and they'll try to teach you the play, and then yeah. you have to, like, think about something else for a while, get grilled on something, and then come back and then teach the play back to the coaches to right. see how much you can remember. So they're asking Deion Sanders, like, to try to make him do some high-level work like, to show his intellectual football <laughs> yeah. capabilities. And, like, almost immediately he says, wait a minute, wait a minute. What number do you guys pick? And they were like, yo, number eight. He's like, oh. I'm not going to be there by eight. <laughs> Picks up, grabs his bag, and walks out the meeting room. Like, That's awesome. Like, don't waste my time, man. I'm going yeah. back to my room. That was awesome. You always hear the stories about all the crazy questions. Did you get oh, any crazy man. questions, Joe? I, I remember some crazy questions. Um, one question was on a psychological exam. I think it was from the Giants. It was, would you rather be a dog or a cat? No, that's an easy question. Dog. Dog, obviously. Right. And we're not and, drafting any cats in the and, football league. And that was <laughs> that was the answer you were coached up. And the weird part about the combine is like all these agents, they know how to prepare you for the combine because uh -huh. they know all the questions you're gonna get asked. So the one question that always bugged me was a lot of teams will say, What are your plans for after football, right? Yeah. And the right answer that all the agents There is tell no you, after football. Right. Exactly. It's <laughs> 
You know what? Honestly, if I didn't have football in my life, I would be nothing, and I've never even thought about it. I've never considered it, and I would rather just die than not maybe, play in the NFL. Maybe that's why I never got yeah, right? kicked out. You would have failed. Like, like, well, I want to go to Columbia. Well, I want to go to school. This guy doesn't love football. Would have brought in my horizon. <laughs> but, yeah, so so that was um, interesting. But they really read into these weird questions like, would you rather be a dog or cat? And mm-hmm. then I remember there was um, – whole section on I, I forget what they call these questions but it was like um it wasn't a question it was a statement it was never look a gift horse in the mouth and then you had to like write out what that meant literally that's funny and i struggled with some of that stuff because i'd never heard a lot of those phrases and well the giants didn't draft me so i must have done a terrible <laughs> job or who knows but uh, it's funny. all those weird things yeah, you want to be a dog or a cat? Well, I want to be a cat because I'm sneaky and can't be trusted. Like, uh, I don't know if that's the right answer, but but yeah. Well, my combine story is obviously I didn't go to the combine, mm-hmm. and I have pro day stories. I'm not even gonna get into the pro day story. I'm sure that was exciting because that's even another <laughs> crazy story in itself. But so after my my year, I didn't go to the combine. You know, I did my pro day. I tried out for the Browns, didn't get signed. So I was back coaching at Toledo. Was a coach. Hmm. Um, and this is around this is after I interned with the Lions as a scout. And this is when I figured out I was watching like ESPN. And they, there was going to be a show by Michael Irvin that he was going to take 12 guys off the street for a competition. And the winner got to go sign with the Dallas Cowboys. And I'm like, OK, that's dope. So I like auditioned for the show by like sending 30 copies in. I overnighted 10 copies, two-day aired 10, and regular mail 10 to make wow. sure they got it. Because <laughs> this guy, when I, I called, they were like, you can either come to this open tryout in L.A. or this this audition in Texas or Florida. I'm like, I don't got no money to get there. So I sent these these tapes in. Were they VHS? Or DVD? No, they were DVDs. They, oh, wow. Yeah, I was DVD. DVD. Yeah, I was new age, man. Tech. I was going to say, you didn't have money for a flight, but you could spend, what, like 300 bucks <laughs> well, on dude, a DVD burner? <laughs> at this time, I was sending my DVD, my highlights, to every NFL team every month okay. and every CFL team every two weeks. Like still, oh my, I was working to get the money and sending it off. Do you still have that highlight reel? Yes, can I have. You, can you please put that on your Twitter somehow? I so don't. We can hashtag I'm comment? holding it because people have like approached me for like documentaries and movies. Oh, and this is like, the, oh, yeah. this is content that I'm like, well, oh, this is good point. stuff that people are like. Yo, man, this is crazy yeah. to watch. This yeah. is gonna be for the Tomahawk movie. Yeah, on the Tomahawk right, movie. Right. In the audition, I say something crazy like, I like look in the camera, and I was like, Jerry Jones, Michael Irvin, listen to me. I don't know if you're gonna pick me for this competition, but if you don't. You're going to remember watching this video 10 years from now and say, damn, this kid was right. And I'll be damned if I wasn't right. But we're not going to get to that right now. I don't, I don't think the Cowboys signed you, though. Did they, they didn't. But, I, I mean, <laughs> I meant to say, like, I was going to be in the NFL. Oh, yeah, yeah. You should have You really, you really made him pay in the Super Bowl, didn't you? I did. And we played him versus the Bengals. I scored versus them. Did you we really? lost by two touchdowns. How did you celebrate? Once I you forget. scored, did you run over and throw the ball at like uh, I the did like the, box? I did like the Baker Mayfield. <laughs> oh yeah, like, yeah. yeah. No, nah, nah, but so okay, so before I so they called back after I sent the tape. And they're like, hey, you made the final fifty. There's gonna be a combine in L.A. That combine was the Monday after the the combine was done. The actual NFL combine going on for this crop of of draftees. And my brother, who played in the league prior to my time, was getting into the media space. He's like, hey, I'm gonna go to the the combine and do some media stuff get some interviews just you know shake some hands or whatever do you want to come because at the time we were working on a podcast mm-hmm. so i was getting the podcast game really? 10 years ago before a podcast before was podcast, a podcast was hot we were in the podcast game wow. on blog talk radio so i'm like okay yeah we'll hey, go hustler i'll get my flight from indianapolis to la for this this uh tv combine right 
Well, the thing was, I could watch the combine because I was a quote unquote college coach. And at the time, if you were coaching college, you could sit in and watch the combine from the stands. Oh. I'm talking like by the GMs, by the okay. coaches or whatever. But huh. he couldn't get in because he was media. Uh-huh. So we get there. I got all access to Lucas Oil Stadium. Wow. He's like, this is bullshit. I played 10 years in the league and you're running around here like you own the place. <laughs> so I'm like bored walking around during the combine. Jerry Jones is coming towards me. Now, meanwhile, I'm flying out to L.A. in three days to travel for this show. Took time with the Dallas Cowboys. But he has like a bunch of um, like like recording people and media person. Like doing yeah, he always has a media entourage. He, he has he likes entourage. dropping hot takes. Keeping he the loves the, he's a hot take guy. Relevant. So I'm like, man, I'm going to say something. But it was like, ah, I like froze, and he walks right by me. Oh. And I'm like pissed at myself, like, damn it. Like, that was my chance. Yeah. And I was so mad, and I was about to leave. And my brother's like, hey, I'm going back to the hotel. We got to, you know, I'm going to leave you the rental, but make sure you come pick me up in about an hour or so. I'm like, all right, cool. I'm, I'm going to stick around. I'm going to try to find Jerry Jones. So I go back in the stadium. I look up in, like, the suites to see where he's sitting. I find what suite him and the Cowboys are in. I go, like, to the bottom of Lucas Oil Stadium on an elevator find like a back maintenance stairway i go all the way up this stairway to find like exactly what sweet party's in and i find it because i see the cowboys person <laughs> that walking back and forth there's a guy sitting there who's security yeah machine gun yeah waiting like to, waiting to tase hey, you oh my gosh <laughs> like waiting waiting to put one in me a hot one in me excuse me fans autographs later yeah, yeah right. so i'm like okay so i sit in this stairway i crack the door probably one-fourth of a centimeter, like just enough where I could still see. I like see. how you use the uh, English and metric in that. You like right that? that so nice. I'm like, when Jerry Jones walks by, I'm going to bust in. I'm going to shake his hand. They're probably going to arrest me, kick me out, do whatever. Uh-huh. But he's going to remember me. Yeah. So when I go to wherever, I'll have yeah. some kind of yeah. chance over the other thousands yeah. of people that are going for the show. That's so Ivy League there. degree thinking right Ivy there. League, next That's level. Genius. That's nice So I'm level. sitting here. I'm, I'm in this doorway, and I'm just staring through this through this crack in this door at this security guy. He's, like, just sitting there, like, eating, like, snacks. <laughs> so a half hour goes Goldfish. by. An hour goes by. My brother starts, like, calling me, like, yo, where you at? We got to go. I'm like, a little more time, a little more time. <laughs> Another half hour goes by. Two hours go by. Now we're getting like the two and a half hour. My brother's cussing me out on the t- like he's like threatening me, uh-huh. like yo, I'm gonna kick your ass if you don't. Like I'm not gonna tell you again. Like when I see you, I'm gonna literally punch you in the face, kind of thing. <laughs> so after like two and a half, three hours, I'm like, damn. I was gonna literally sit there for as long as it took, but it was like to the point where my, now my safety was in jeopardy with my brother. <laughs> and I'm like, all right. I'm like pissed at myself that I missed this opportunity when he walked right by me. But I just wanted to show that I was willing to do whatever it took. So I was going to literally sit in that stairway watching through this small crack in the door. So I get in the rental and I'm driving back and I'm like so distraught at myself. I'm like, that's like when I regret myself the most is when you don't pull the trigger when your gut tells you to. So I remember like saying a prayer like, God, listen, I I was going to stay there for two days if I had to. To, However long it took to to, to meet this dude, to get this opportunity. I just wanted to show you that I wanted it. So I stopped like a gas station. I get a soda. You know, which is how I grieve with Mountain Dew. <laughs> I get a soda. I get some snacks, man. Call my brother like, yo, I'm on the way back. What hotel are you at? Sends the address. I put it in the Garmin. Garmin was hot back then. We didn't have, we didn't have. No, uh, there was no built-in GPS. There was no GPS on the uh, phone. Throw it in the Garmin. <laughs> I pull up to the hotel. Call him. He's like walking out. I'm sitting there waiting for about 10 minutes. He's walking out. I'm seeing him just like glass doors, like just like right here. I'm, I'm looking through these glass doors, watching him walk towards me. And right before he crosses over and he comes at the door, before he crosses over to my car, a car pulls up between us, stops. The dude jumps out to get, like, the bags for his wife. I look over. 
it's Jerry Jones. No way. Pulls up as my brother, like in between oh, us. Oh, His wow. eyes get big like a deer, like, oh, shit. And I jump out the car without thinking, <laughs> Mr. Jones, how you doing? I'm Andrew Hawkins. You don't know me, but I'm flying to L.A. tomorrow to travel for your show with Michael Irvin. He's like, oh, okay, yeah, I, I just want to let you know I'm going to win this show. I'm going to be on the Dallas no Cowboys, way. so I need you to get familiar with my face. Wow. He's like, all right, I, I'll, I'll tell the playmaker you're coming. That's what he called the Michael playmaker. Irvin. Oh, and I don't, the playmaker. Again, I don't know if Michael he ever Irvin. told Michael Irvin. The chances are probably not. Yeah. No. But as soon as I got to L.A., I see Mike, and I said, hey, Michael Irvin, I'm Andrew Hawkins. Yeah. I met Jerry Jones I'm yesterday. friends with Jerry Jones. Yeah. That's what yeah. you should have said. I, I know Mr. With Jones that. from a long time ago. I talked ago. to Jerry Jones yesterday. Yeah. I told him I was coming out here to and win he this show. It. He loved it. He's like, All right, I'm going to look out for you. Well, he watched me like a hawk, no pun intended, <laughs> that entire combine. <laughs> and that's how I got on fourth and long the show. <laughs> really? That's and it. And then, so for those of us that didn't watch fourth and long, I know that's must-see TV. But yes, uh, how time. did you finish? I finished runner-up. Oh, the silver medal. Silver medal. The but silver it, medal. the cool part about it is, you know, it's like American Idol. Who, who's the most successful people in American Idol? Carrie Underwood. The runner-up. Yeah. Like the people. Well, did who, Carrie Underwood win? She might have won. I don't All know. All right, we'll go with the runner-up. Runner-up. Yeah, we'll go with so historically, the runner-up. Historically, yes, of course. Has been the bigger one, and I was the runner-up. And you know, ESPN did a piece that didn't air because I got a concussion in 2015. For our Monday night game, mm -hmm. and that was the piece they were running. Oh. But in it, I have the cut of it, and Michael Irvin says in there, Andrew Hawkins won fourth and long. Really? He won. It was just. So it was politics, huh? They couldn't send a 5 7 receiver yeah. from a reality show <laughs> to the Dallas Cowboys. <laughs> the premise so of now the they show have was Cole Beasley. the winner got to be on the, act, on the roster. He for signed a contract right? with the Dallas Cowboys. He went to camp with them. And that was my, was my first yeah. opportunity at the league. And like I said, he says straight up and down, like it wasn't even close. He won. He won the show. So and I who, did. Who'd they give it to? They, well, they ended up uh, like Jesse Holly ended up winning. He was a six four guy, especially. He was a good player in himself. Oh. He had come from the league. He was on a practice squad before, so it was like ah. an easy like to. Yeah, that seems so lame though. You know, like you have to go with a guy that you know can at least belong, right? And Jesse won. He ended up playing. He was on a practice squad with the Cowboys for a year or two, and then he got active for like a year and a half. So he, he lasted like two or three years, um, but obviously. I had the better career, but I felt like I should have won. And I'm sure every, all 12 contestants yeah. felt like they should have won, right? They yeah. look at me now and be like, yeah. Hawk wasn't nothing. I, yeah, that should be me at, on the Tomahawk show. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I should be the host of the Tomahawk with Joe Thomas. The Thomas Swan. The Tom By the way, you were uh, yes, on there Tom with one of my roommates from Thomas college, Swan. Luke Swan. One of my favorite people in the yeah, history who, of you. Who is uh, a guy that he never made in the NFL. He, no. he uh, coached a little bit in college. Mm -hmm. He was on Once the fourth and long over. show with Hawk. He was on he the was fourth and long with Wisconsin Yeah, he was a good receiver. Um he, like, tore his hamstring from the bone his senior year. Yeah. Like, really bad. He was, like, high, higher projected. Like, he should, he would have been a draft pick, but he tore his hamstring clean from the bone oh. in the game. And I remember watching. It was, like, disgusting. And it, he just never quite made it back from that. Mm -hmm. But he's, like, now an executive at Huddle, which is oh. a platform for um, – Watching film, watching watching like film. high school, like football film and yeah, watch film and stuff. But yeah, so that's that's my combine story. I, that, that, that's fascinating. I, I I'm wanting to go back and watch the fourth and long show because we, sh we should binge watch. It, we do honestly, a Saturday. It, is it available anywhere? Yeah, it on iTunes, iTunes, Amazon. It's everywhere. Fourth I, and long. Go check it out. I mean, they basically put you through like Navy SEAL training to it was see who would terrible. die, and like they were hoping that somebody would survive and they could just name that person champion. Right. But well, you know what? You all had a lot of heart. I remember you telling me a story about this. Tell everybody where you guys had to sleep. We had to sleep in the Cotton Bowl in the locker room. <laughs> so we went down. They like, literally treated you as poorly oh, as yeah, possible. Of course. And like now that I'm on this side of it, it makes 100% sense because Michael Irvin was like, yo, I can't send someone who doesn't A, appreciate the right. opportunity, B, is entitled, and C, 
isn't going to come in there and do whatever it takes to make the team. Like, one thing they can't come yeah. in there and do is not work hard. Right. So we're thinking we're going to get down and it's going to be like, we'll be in a mansion. You, know? <laughs> you guys are staying in like a rolling rolling mansion. Rolls. Yeah, we and, get there. Uh, they have like practicing beds. once a day. They have beds in the away room and the home, <laughs> the home locker room. It was That's a low-budget show, to be clear. Yes. And they were looking for Rudy with just slightly more talent. Yep. So uh, they definitely got guys that were willing to kill each other. I mean, if they would have had a gladiator fight at the end of it, you guys literally would have killed <laughs> yeah. each other. Yeah, like if someone has to die. Like, all right, <laughs> like, all right hey, this that's is what, what we got to do to make the Cowboys practice squad, I guess. Yeah, man. That uh, 60000 a year to, to be on the practice squad. One day they conditioned us for eight hours straight. <laughs> the, pr- the show was, you know, they were going to condition us until somebody handed the jersey. There was no elimination this oh, episode. It truly was Navy So Seal you training. go wow. until someone puts their jersey down and says, yo, I'm done. And everyone just kept going, and it went on for eight hours. And then what they do after eight hours? Then Jerry they Jones got like, tired, and he had they were to just go like, Yo, take, man. take a nap. The playmaker you got, got you guys the earned playmaker, it. The playmaker, he was tired of blowing the whistle. <laughs> you guys earned it because, like, the film crew had, like, unions, so they couldn't even go any longer. <laughs> <The film laughs> we outdid Sorry, the, the union. Like, <laughs> we got to have a 12-hour break here. We're union. So we had to go the rest of, like, Holy the shows God. with, like, an extra guy oh my God. because nobody would hand their jersey in. That's crazy. We didn't do anything for, like, five days after that, though, because people were, like, Literally on the brink of going to the hospital. <laughs> Literally in the hospital. For just running for eight hours. This episode is brought to you by HP+. In a world full of smart devices, shouldn't your printer be smart too? It is with HP+. These printers know when they're running low, so you always get the ink you need delivered right when you need it. Plus, you save up to 50% on ink, so you can print whatever you want, as much as you want, any time you want. Huh, that is pretty smart. Get six free months of instant ink when you choose HP+. Conditions apply. Visit hp.com slash smart for details. One other guy who wasn't on the show, Kirk Cousins. He didn't have to go through anything like that. And he is a huge free agent transitioning now. And I think you have some you've – been, you've been lighting Twitter on fire with your Kirk Cousins takes. Yeah, yeah. Give me, Kirk, give Kirk me your he's, thoughts. Been, he's been a uh, fun target on Twitter. I Kirk like to, probably hates you. You're oh, probably, absolutely. You're probably hurting the Browns' chances of getting Kirk Cousins. Yeah, well, I think those chances are out the window, to be totally <laughs> honest. It doesn't seem like the Browns are going to land Kirk Cousins. It, from my perspective, and I don't know anything anybody else knows, but right. uh, I think it'll probably be Denver or the Jets, just yeah. based on what people that know people are saying. Why do you think that? Do you know, um, you're just hearing your hearsay. That's that's strictly hearsay from people that know people, right. like within Kirk's camp and within those teams' camp. Um, so I think Kirk is looking for a team like Denver that has a really good defense mm-hmm. that's, in his opinion, is like a quarterback away, let's say. I don't like that. I don't know if it's true. That's that's what all the smart no, people I, on ESPN I, are saying. I think so. it very well could be true. I just don't like the thought that a quarterback, like if you are, if you think you're one of the elites, and I don't know if Kirk thinks he's. I, I mean, he's I, one who of the knows? Elites, I mean, you know? he's but been Drew Brees. On if Drew Brees goes anywhere, they're they're a better football team. If Tom Brady goes anywhere, they're a contender. Like there's certain quarterbacks and certain players that when they go to a new team, yeah, that team is now yeah, great. So you don't think Kirk's in that level? I don't know. Not if he's thinking like, "Hey, I want to go hedge my bet in Denver." Yeah. You know, like Tyrod Taylor that could turn sense. Denver into a playoff team. Yeah, Tyrod, he's the most underrated guy in free agency, in my opinion. Yes, yeah, so I like, like him better than all those other sort of second tier guys. So, is it worth thirty million to Kirk Cousins to come in Denver? And I, and I don't know if they'll pay him that, but yeah. he has a price tag that they'll have to meet. Yeah, my 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 dark not even a dark horse because you already said it, but I think he'll end up in the Jets for a couple of reasons. Number one. The same reason why I thought the Browns might have a chance was because they have so much money to spend. Yeah. Um, the Jets also have a ton of money to yeah. spend this free agency. Yeah. But even more importantly than that, for me, 
Kirk Cousins is a Shanahan guy. Now you know how Shanahan p- people who played in Shanahan's yeah. offense yeah. love his offense. Yeah. I've I've never mm-hmm. met anybody, you know, with the exception of one person. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. There is one person uh-huh. that I've ever met that said they didn't like playing in Shanahan's offense, <laughs> and it's usually his fault. Yeah, and we've played that game on this show before, <laughs> so you can put the, the you can put the dots together. But Kirk Cousins was a Shanahan draft pick. He come he came up in that that system. He's played his best in that system with Sean McVay, who also ran it. He's looked his best. He's comfortable. So I could see him going to somewhere like that. And if you look at the people of that tree. Mm-hmm. The Shanahan's and, and and San Fran, they have their quarterback now in Jimmy G. Um, Mike Matt LaFleur, who also runs the Shanahan offense in Tennessee, they have Mariota. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sean McVay obviously has Jared Goff. But the Jets just promoted Jeremy Bates, who was another disciple of the Shanahan's. Okay. And I know his agent. I know that these guys get together in the offseason and they talk football with yeah. Mike, with Cal, yeah. with – they, they run a high school camp together called the Quarterback Collective where they bring in the top high school kids, and they literally tutor the top high school quarterbacks, these NFL offensive coordinators and head coaches, and they get together that whole week and talk ball. And that's why I think mm-hmm. Kirk, Cousins has, Kirk Cousins ends up at the, at the Jets because of his familiarity with that offense and him wanting to get paid yeah. and be comfortable. Yeah, I, I think you're right on there. Plus, I get the sense talking to – people in the know that know folks in the front office with the Jets, they really want Kirk. Yeah. And in order to pay a quarterback like Kirk, who's not a Hall of Fame quarterback at this stage in his career, right? Mm-hmm. You know, if we're talking about Rodgers, uh, Brady, Breeze, Roethlisberger, those guys who are, you're saying, oh, they're Hall of Fame quarterbacks, yeah. they're going to probably crush the all-time highest contract in NFL history. Right. Yeah, it makes sense, right? But Kirk has got a guy that's made, what, maybe a Pro Bowl? Maybe none? I don't even yeah. know. To be totally honest, I don't know if he's made any Pro Bowls. Yeah, I don't know either. So he's sort of generally considered a second-tier guy, but he's really the best quarterback that's hit true free agency in a long time. Yeah. So that's why the market for him is going to be so outrageous. But you really got to find a team that's willing to throw outrageous amount of money at a quarterback who's not – the top guy at his position. Right. Now it's a really important Arguably position. top 10. Would you make it – is he a top 10 quarterback? So one thing I think we do need to do at some point is rank the top 32 quarterbacks in the NFL yeah. from 1 to 32. Not today, but we need to do that. And I think if we did that, you'd find Kirk in that 10 to 15 range. Yeah. Now, in order to have a chance to win in the NFL, you need like a 20 and above guy. Mm-hmm. So Kirk gives you a chance. And a lot of times these organizations are saying – we just need somebody to give us a chance to win. Right. Then we can kind of build around him a little bit, right? Yep. And and having a chance keeps your job. If you don't have a quarterback that doesn't give you a chance and you're the GM or the head coach, you're thinking, I'm only gonna, a year or two away from getting fired. Yeah. So I don't want to get fired. I want to save my own ass. So I need to get somebody in here really quickly that gives me a chance where I can implement my system. I can have an opportunity to build good players around him. I'm going to get that four years or so that I need to really develop a culture and then, you know what, it's sort of a, a game of chance. Once you get to the playoffs and you got a pretty good quarterback, you got a chance to make it to the Super Bowl and win, like right. a Matt Ryan, like yep. what he did with the Falcons, right? No doubt. He's, I wouldn't say he's a top-five quarterback, Yeah. but I think he's a good quarterback. Mm-hmm. And that, that coach has been there a little while. They kind of put the pieces together, and all of a sudden, boom, they make a run to the Super Bowl, and they have a chance to win. That's I Very think true. that's what you need. So that's why um, the Jets makes a lot of sense, and I think – being a Shanahan guy, that makes sense that Kirk would want to play in that system. Right. 
But that's also why Denver makes sense. Elway, he made his career yeah. with Mike Shanahan. But he's not, like, touching the field. Do they run that same offense? Now, if we had a great research team, we could find out exactly what we've they're going to be doing there we've on We've had offense. some people uh, inquire on Twitter if they could be a part of our research yeah, team. Yeah, we, we do need somebody on the, focus on the research asked team. if he could be. We, well, honestly, I really respect Pro Football Focus because they've always yeah. graded me out really well, so I'm clearly biased. <laughs> but It might have no, been, been Pro Football Reference. Uh, they're great too. Yeah, they're, they're, they're wonderful. They're like one. In, yeah, they're yeah, one, 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 and two. A, yeah, one, one A, one A, one A, one B. Yeah. But uh, no, I, I think Elway obviously he won his two Super Bowls with Mike Shanahan, so he's got a lot of respect for the way they run their offense. So I could see whoever is in there that yeah. Elway's going to want them to run something similar. Having a Kirk Cousins there makes sense because he had a lot of success when Kyle was in uh, Washington with Mike as a, as the head coach. So. Um, both those locations seem very plausible. They're both yeah. quarterback needy teams that are willing to pay a lot of money. I don't think the Browns are going to be a contender because from my perspective, I don't think the people that are in the front office are willing to pay Kirk 30 to 35 million a year to come here for the reasons that we just outlined before. He's not a top five guy, right? Clearly not a top five guy. So they don't want to throw that type of money at him especially there's a guy in the building scott McLuhan, who was the gm for the redskins who's going to be consulting with the browns this offseason and uh he was there when they decided to franchise kirk instead of go yeah. the long-term route so uh putting those two and two together reading the tea leaves makes me think that the browns aren't going to be players with him but they will be players in the veteran quarterback market they should be they have the money for it well, apparently, this is something you can bet on, where Kirk Cousins goes, what team he goes to. And yeah. the Browns aren't the, even in the top. The betting odds five. came out, and the two teams you guys mentioned are the two favorites, the yeah. Jets and Broncos. <laughs> How about the, that? Yeah. Let's make us some money, Joe. <laughs> the, third, the third team you guys didn't mention, though, is the Cardinals. Any shot he goes there? I don't think so. I don't think so either. I don't see it. I don't think so either. I think because the Cardinals, they're in a position, and this is my take on the Cardinals, not only about the quarterback position, I thought the coaching vacancy there was the worst yeah, open we vacancy. we talked about that Yeah, before. because it's like, they're in a uh, division where they're probably going to finish fourth. And, they and need a guy like They're in the Cousins. middle of a turnover, too. Yeah. Like, their team was old and mm -hmm. aging. They just lost Carson Palmer. Larry Fitzgerald's coming back for maybe one year. Yep. You know, their offensive line is sort of beat up. Um, Run, running back coming off an ACL. Yeah, th their offense is just old and retiring and not that good. The, their take pieces aren't that great. Their defense is still good, and that's why it'll help having Steve Wilkes there because he's a very good defense. Carlos coach. Dansby's a hundred. Uh, Dansby, he's, he's a hundred. He's a hundred years <laughs> old. Playing middle linebacker. It's amazing. He's going to be playing when my kids are playing in the NFL. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but anyways, I, I just don't see it. They don't have as much money as everyone else, and if they pay it to Kirk. They're yeah, their cap situation their is, cap is situation. really bad. Yeah, It's just not a good situation. And they don't pick till 15. So even if they wanted to go get a, a top-level quarterback, the top four guys will probably be off the board by the yeah. time they pick. Yeah, Arizona, not a situation that I see Kirk going. Yeah. Who was your top five quarterbacks? You mentioned. Just off the top of my head. Off the top. So I would say Brady. Okay. Rodgers. Yep. Um, Breeze. Okay. Then I'm going to go Roethlisberger. Who's your five? five? The number so five, five is, is the always one. hard. That's the um, one that that's always the – because yeah. we all have the same top I four, know. I feel like. I, I would say without, like, doing deep thought about all of this, I would say actually Phillip Rivers or yeah. Russell Wilson I'm a or Russell Wilson Cam guy. Newton. I think those three guys could all Dang, be there. that's a really good quarterback. Honestly, honestly. And you're not even including Carson Wentz, who is like – Right, right. He, I mean, of, he would have been the MVP last year, so – that's Dude. the tough spot for me. Yeah. There, there's a lot of guys that you could fit in there. I would say if you had to nail me down, 
who would I want on my team? Yeah. Actually, now that I think about it, Russell Wilson, because he does more for your team right. than Phillip Rivers, and Phillip's older. Right, right, um, right. So if I had to pick one guy, it'd be Russell. How That's about you? Amazing. Yeah, I, I would go Brady, Rodgers, um, Roethlisberger, Breeze, and then Russell Wilson. And then I'm like you, Cam Newton next. Um, I, I like – I'm going to – people can call me an idiot – but I like Derek Carr. I think he's had a really bad year this year. But I think I, if this would have been last year, Derek Carr would have been yeah, in my top five. I feel like with Gruden coming back this time next year, when someone says I think they think Derek Carr is the top five, people would be like, "Yeah, you're yeah. right." The the season that he had like two years ago was unbelievable. I remember watching them because we had some crossover film. Yeah, and what he was doing with three, four receivers on the it field was amazing, was unbelievable. Their offensive line basically just had to lay down on the ground and just not let those guys sprint right to the quarterback, and he was getting the ball off for 20, 30 yard plays and dropping dimes too. Which it, is unbelievable. Like I mean, he his was getting placement. the ball, setting his feet and throwing the ball, and they were throwing 40, 45 times a game. Right, and it was just unbelievable. And then last year. Who, Man, it was just crazy what it happened. Was, yeah, I know. That's how you know it was getting bad. Yeah. But I guess transitioning. So we're talking about Kirk Cousins landing with the Jets. Now, Mark Cuban uh, was fined 600 k for tanking for, for his comments that his team was tanking. <laughs> they're actually trying to tank. Just admitting what yeah, other like teams have been trying to do. And you know how Mark Cuban is. He's, like, very transparent yeah. when and it comes like, to He's like, I don't, I don't really care. You can find me. Yeah, 600 k is, I think someone said it was, like, 28 bucks to the average person. Yeah, it's like that's not going to hurt him. It's not going to hurt him at all. But but he's a shark on the Shark Tank. But he's a shark. Yeah. yeah. Now you know, Field Yates tweeted he won't be able to invest in the next wave of. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure he's really making those shark decisions, Tank. those margin decisions. Oh, lost those six hundred thousand to the <laughs> NBA. Won't be investing in uh, mom and pop's pizza shop now. <laughs> exactly. So, but I mean, the the comments on tanking and the conversation around it. Do you think NFL teams tank? Here's what I'll say about that. Clearly, there's NBA teams that tank. Have right. Tanked. I remember. When LeBron was a senior in high school and he was coming out to the draft, uh, the Cavs got the number one pick. Now, they were horrible. Right. I don't know if they were tanking on purpose, but they sure sucked. <laughs> and they sucked good enough to get LeBron, and it's, it sure turned around the franchise. So it's pretty easy to see, even with the NBA lottery, that teams have a, an incentive to tank because you right. get more balls in the lottery. Um, but the NFL, there's even a greater incentive to tank because there's yeah. no lottery and literally like, if you lose the most games you get, you get the first pick yeah so there's a much greater incentive i think because of the violent nature of the sport and because how short careers are you'll never be able to convince players or coaches to try to lose yeah. which a lot of fans here tanking they think oh you're trying to lose as a player or a coach no no that's not the case no. what you're doing as an organization is you're putting your team and your coaching staff in such a bad position that they can't win, <laughs> even by trying as hard as they can. And really? honestly, uh, being a Cleveland Brown and the last couple years being in Cleveland, I think that the that was, plan was to get high draft picks right. in these it's first few years. Tanking. Now, I don't think anybody said, let's tank. Right. But clearly their their philosophy came from baseball, which was – have a couple lean years because you're not using your assets, mm -hmm. a.k.a. tanking. Right. And then you save those assets up, and then all of a sudden you use them with draft picks and salary cap space, and then now you have a couple really good years, or you have maybe 10 good years if you get a great quarterback. Right. So I think that was the strategy. Now, I guarantee nobody was saying tank, right. but that was the outcome. Yeah, no, for sure. And I think you look with, at the Jets, we talk about them as a potential landing spot for Kirk Cousins. Because they have a ton of cap space, because they did something similar. They got rid of That's, all their veteran, yep. talented football yep. players. Yep. And people won't ever say, like, oh, they're tanking. 
But it's like, yo, if you get rid of your best players, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. You, that's not that's not trying to win. Yeah, right. Right? There's yeah. one thing to so be like. So what's the opposite? Yeah. So, exactly. <laughs> You're trying exactly. to lose. So I think we both agree that there's yeah. plenty of NFL teams to do yeah. that. And sometimes it makes sense. To well, me, it does make sense. Why would you go 8-8? Eight and eight? There's no benefit there's to no it. There's no benefit. It's like you – there's no benefit to being in the middle. Right. And and nowadays, as a head coach, you get fired at 8-8. Eight and eight. So there's especially there's less – coaches that got fired right, this year. There's especially less incentive yeah. to go 8-8 eight and because eight you're going to get fired. So you might as well be on the same page from the organization, from the owner to the GM to the head coach mm-hmm. and say, listen, we know we don't have enough talent no matter what we do this year that we can't get any better than 8-8. Eight and eight. So we might as well – Save some of those, save some of that salary yeah. cap space, and get a better draft pick, and then next year we'll have enough assets to make that run. I actually thought it was a bad idea for San Fran to play Jimmy Garoppolo, and I, I get they want to see what they they wanted to see what they got, and they were encouraged yeah. by it, and that's what they gave him the money, and he had a great last yeah. five games. But they knew what they had before they saw. Him but play. they knew it, which is which is why I thought it was stupid for them to put him in there and win the five games because it's like yo, get the high draft pick, go yeah. get, be number three in the draft and get Saquon Barkley. Yeah. Like, add that running yep. back to Jimmy G and yeah. what you have going already, yeah. and it could be special. But I guess I don't think people would be as excited for them as they are now had yeah. they not gone on the run they did late in the season. To me, that's one of the overrated things that front offices in the NFL buy too much into is fan excitement in the offseason. That's not going to win you a single game from right. the fall, but they're always so worried about it because that's what sells tickets. And obviously revenue is important because this is a business. You know, Fans right. like to forget that it's, it is a business. But it is a business for these owners, and a lot of these ownerships don't have any other side businesses. So really, this is the this only is, money this is that's the business. coming in, this is and it. so they're trying to maximize season ticket sales and excitement, and and that's what they're selling to their fans. But I think talking about San Francisco, I don't think they thought Jimmy G was going to be as good as he was when he got there. To be totally honest, you think? Because I agree with you. Because if they would have known playing him would have won all five of those games, I don't think they would have. Yeah. I think they would have done something so that they could have got a better draft pick. I think they thought they were going to put him in there and win half their games. Yeah. They had no idea. No idea. He's going to win all of them. Just run the table. I mean, that that just proves to you, though, that once you get that quarterback piece and you pair it with a guy like Kyle Shanahan, who's a great offensive mind, and Jimmy G, the way he moves, the way he throws the ball, fits perfect in Kyle's system. Yeah. It's easy to see why they won all those games. And he has that California look. He, looks, he does. He's a good-looking dude, he's, man. He's, he's getting all sorts of chicks. Oh, he's man. probably married, Just, but he. No, he's but not. if he wasn't, oh, he's single. He's so single, he's, dude. He's he's probably the uh, the poster child out there, like oh. the, the firefighters and bikinis a, or whatever. It's going to be a fun ten years for him. This episode is brought to you by Shell. College football is back, where the game day excitement is felt in the bottom of your soul and voiced at the top of your lungs. But wherever you share your excitement, ESPN and Shell can take your fandom further with savings up to 15 cents per gallon for Fuel Rewards members at Shell. Welcome home, football fans. Terms and conditions apply. See fuelrewards.com slash fuelyourfandom for details. Shell is an official sponsor of ESPN College Football. ESPN, the ESPN logo, and ESPN College Football are registered trademarks of ESPN Incorporated. All right, it's time for the Tomahawk Q&A. Are we Q&A time? Q&A time. All right, Fans, send us us your questions with a hashtag Tomahawk on Twitter or go to the Tomahawk Show Reddit page and send your questions in, and the guys will answer some questions each week. The first one comes from Reddit from Iron Deer. If you could only eat one food for the rest of your life, what would it be? Spaghetti. Really? I'm a spaghetti guy. Spaghetti. Yeah. Meat sauce? Meat, spaghetti with meat sauce. every Once a week, sometimes mm. twice a week. Mm, making me hungry. Do you pair it with a nice garlic bread? Yep. Man. Ah. 
I'm, if I'm making it myself, I just go garlic toast because it's easier. Garlic toast, like yeah, the one the in the freezer that yeah, you just yeah, throw yeah. in the, to- <laughs> throw in the Texas oven. toast. Texas give toast. it, give it six minutes. Hey, Texas man. toast with no some, hate here. Some four cheese on top. Yeah, honestly, for yeah, me, I'm a spaghetti guy. If I'm eating one food for the rest of my life, breakfast, lunch, and dinner, easy answer: tacos. You're a taco guy. Love tacos. Love Mexican food. Tacos are great because you can have breakfast tacos. You yeah, can have tacos true. for lunch. You can have walking tacos for dinner. Tacos are always good. I eat, I've ate spaghetti for breakfast. Leftover spaghetti. I mean, I don't we've like all breakfast. been to college. We, we know what that's college. like. College was two have... weeks ago, Joe. <laughs> 32. <laughs> college. All right, I like it. What's I, next? I'm a next pizza question. guy myself. You pizza? pizza? I like pizza, but yeah, yeah. pizza for breakfast would get old, I think. Cold pizza. They did a whole show about it. Yeah. It's, it's called, called First Steak Now. <laughs> <laughs> next question comes from Reddit from I Hate Cats 18 Oh. How are fellow you know players... You answered the cat dog question. Go ahead. How are fellow players with B.O. dealt with? my god i don't even know if you can deal with them i think in in football you just get so used to people stinking that you just don't even you just get used to it yeah i think so you don't have you ever had a teammate that was so smelly you're like dude you got to go take a shower no because people stink constantly like we're literally always sweating the locker room stinks like to the point now that i was done i go back in the locker room and it stinks in locker rooms but it's almost like a it's a very it's going to sound really effed up <laughs> but it's almost like man like man i miss this smell but it's really wow. just must. Like it's not. It's sweat and must and a mix of Febreze and sweat. I love yeah, the you smell just get of so used to it. Like yo, it's just you just get used to it. That's why people are like, oh, this locker room stinks. But when you're in it, you're like, oh, I didn't smell it because you just live with stink constantly. <laughs> Joe, what's your take on smelly so armpits? So my yeah, my my take on smelly armpits. Actually, I have told a few teammates before. Dude, go take a shower and put some deodorant on. And usually they say, <laughs> hey man, sorry, I forgot to put deodorant on this morning. So. I think the locker room culture A-hole. is such that there's hardly any barriers. Like, you can literally go up to a teammate and yes. say anything you want. Anything. There's hardly anything that's out of bounds, which is a lot different than a regular business. Trust me. <laughs> Trust as, me. As someone on this side of the, <laughs> the, the corporate world You can't world get now. away with the stuff that you say in the locker room in everyday life. So going up to a teammate and being like, hey, bro, your armpits smell so bad. They're it's horrible. like normal. That's normal. That's some, that no one even could cares. happen every day. And it's actually good because a lot of times the player is not aware of it and he needs to hear about it. Yes. Because I got to share the <laughs> locker and the huddle with you. Put some deodorant on. Dude, it's crazy. Like I said, being on this side of it and the amount of passive aggression and like people tiptoeing around what they actually want to say. And as a person who's been a football player his whole life, I don't communicate that way and not only that i don't understand it like if a coach goes up to a player or a teammate and says some like passive aggressive like you know hey man 15 yards would be a, a probably better a better depth than 13 yards huh? <laughs> a player would be like yeah whatever see ya yeah. but it, it, it wouldn't just, work it wouldn't work the communication doesn't go like that and it's weird i'm literally having to adjust the way i communicate because yeah. sometimes it's too straightforward yeah. And then also, I don't pick up on what someone's trying to say yeah. because they are also not straightforward. Yeah. It's a whole different language. Feelings are much more important in the real world office environment <laughs> than they are in the locker room. There like, are no feelings. Yeah, there are no feelings. What's next? This one comes from Twitter at Caleb M. Helms. If you didn't play football, what occupation would you have? Hmm. I would probably be the, host, this, the host of a podcast. I'd probably be hosting a <laughs> award-winning podcast. So First think, ballot Hall of Fame podcast. <laughs> yes, it's just life just takes me where it wants me to go. So, are you saying player-wise or like not? I think if you whatsoever? never played football, 
Never played if, football. If you would not have got that break on fourth and long, okay, what would you be doing? Right. So like, I couldn't say that. I'd probably be a scout because that's still de- probably derived from playing. You could football. say scout. No, I'll take, give you take scout. football out completely. Oh, so football no sports. Football sports. Not an option. Right, no what sports. would you do if football wasn't an option for you ever? I would definitely probably. Be, I'd be in business. I'd be in business. What this is business? what I'm in now. What business do you like? Um, developing developing sales. business. Yeah. Business. But the business of development. You must be really good because we still have no sponsors here. So <laughs> we're working on you're it. Doing great. We're working on the sponsors. The sponsors, if you're listening, <laughs> hashtag us at Tom <laughs> <laughs> No, I, I would, I'd, I'd be an entrepreneur. I'd, ho- I'd own my own business. I don't know exactly in what field because there's like really not a specific field I'm super passionate about except media, sports, entertainment. So maybe that's it. So you I'd could be like an agent, that. like yeah. a broadcast, like a sports marketing I wouldn't agent. wouldn't be an agent. I would want to own the company. I wouldn't want. Well, you like, can own the company and be the agent, like the super agent. Like, I don't want to uh, represent players. I hate like I hate talent. You hate talent. Yes. You like players. Hate players. I hate players. I love players because they're family. But when <laughs> they're half in, your family, there is, is in the so NFL. much ego with players that I just I wouldn't be able to deal. I wouldn't be able yeah. to deal with it as a person trying yeah. to. I like, feel you. You know what I mean? Yeah, I feel you. When guys think they're important, they think they are yeah. important. Well, part of the issue as an NFL player is you have an agent. And yeah. you have a marketing guy and a business manager and all these people that are telling you how great you are all the time. Right, exactly. Right, they're always pumping you up. And so after four or five years of that, you're like, oh, maybe they're right. Maybe they I right. am awesome. I am the man. We need to get AFD an agent to pump him up all yeah. the time so he's walking around with a bigger head. Yeah. If that's even possible. Yeah. Well, he needs a face first. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think we need to blow his head up without getting him a face. <laughs> that would be cool. All right, what's next? What's next? We got anything else? Oh, let me answer. So oh, I was in the business program at Wisconsin. I was in the real estate program, uh, Grass Camp. Real estate school, the number one real estate program in the country, by the way. Wisconsin? W- uh, Wisconsin, yes. Wow, yes. you guys have a lot of real estate. Yeah, I never graduated. College dropout over here. Drop out. <laughs> right. I had good grades until the football thing started. Uh, but Which I always thought. Immediately. Yeah. So yeah. that's weird. <laughs> <laughs> I had good grades until we started. Yeah. Until September of freshman year. <laughs> yeah, right. Until, until the season started. Until <laughs> after Labor Day. Uh, but I always thought that I was going to be a real estate developer or investor yeah you getting back into it when you're done you think probably not <laughs> james harrison i talked to yesterday on the phone he's heavy in the real estate really and doing super duper well mm. like we had a very good conversation which really it threw me by surprise i just didn't know yeah. it's crazy sometimes guys a real get estate into. shark like him walking into a, a meeting room and just start beating people up <laughs> yeah, like, like putting them in chokeholds <laughs> Give me the rent now. <laughs> yes, Mr. Harrison. <laughs> he probably collects it. He's the, he's the rent collector and the owner. <laughs> what else we got in All right, one last Twitter question here. This is from Buck Dog Jr. Oh, my God. Buck in Dog. wake of the Jay-Z 90K tab, what's the most you've ever spent on a meal or tab? Oh, I don't even know I want to say this. You go first, Joe. It might not have to be what you spent, or maybe you guys were out together. Did you have like a rookie seen. dinner? That's always the classic thing that's the biggest waste of money of all time. Yeah, I had a bachelor party. <laughs> Oh, you told me about that bachelor party. That thing sounded outrageous. It was. It outrageous. was. A, it was a rap video bachelor party. Yeah, it was. We were. We were it was like, like New York to L.A. on the same a, day. It was a tour, so we went from. But you got it paid for, so there's your yeah, business background. Yes, yeah, that's so the I, best that part. Was, we hardly played any for that one. It was somebody else's bachelor party who was not as business savvy <laughs> when developing their bachelor party. So the, the bills, the bills were high. I bet. But you were all NFL players for the most part, right? Yes, so we you were. guys could. You weren't going to break the bank doing that. Right. We did break it a little bit, but 
You you did break the bank. We broke the bank. And the wives were probably not very happy. Yeah. But they got over it because you didn't have to sell your house or anything. We, we're still we still yeah. have a roof over our head. <laughs> but maybe that's why you're into the to- the podcast business because uh, that bachelor party was so expensive. Exactly. You had to make a bunch of money on the Tomahawk show. I've Wait, seen. You guys are making money. <laughs> oh shit! We didn't tell. Them. Oh, don't tell AFD. <laughs> don't tell AFD. Um. Yeah. The the biggest bill that I've seen somebody had to pay had to pay for, I think was. I seen a fifty-six thousand oh dollar tab oh. that someone paid for by themselves. Was it in a club or? A it was restaurant? in a club. Yeah. So what happened? It came with a washer and dryer. Yeah, <laughs> a three-car garage. No. So what Jeez. happens in a club is guys get drunk, right? Yeah. Or you're partying. It's or such whatever, a trap. And oh. it's like a three hundred dollar bottle of, gray, you know, a hundred dollar bottle of Grey Goose in the liquor store, in the club is like. Three thousand dollars. It's like a billion dollars. <laughs> yeah. They're like so, like a five hundred dollar bottle of a regular of bottle, of like absolutes, like it's ten thousand seven hundred dollars. Exactly. So the upcharge and it's cool. So what happens is you're in this place, and this is before I had any money. So this is not me spending it. Um, and there's like you know across the way there might be Flow Rider, little little Wayne might be over here. Getting carried away. You know, um, John Wall might be to the left, and all these NBA rappers celebrities, actors, whatever in the club. So, you know, one table will come and there'll be four bottles of Ace of Spades champagne that are like $8,000 a piece. And they'll have sparklers on them <laughs> and the DJ will get on the, on the <laughs> mic. Like, yo, 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 shout out my man Lil Wayne. Oh, he's turning this joint up tonight. Can't nobody mess with him. And then the, the drunk NFL player is like, oh, man. Yeah, that's going to be me. That's going to be me. I want him to say let, my name. Let me get five. So now oh he orders God. five. And then the other guy, and then it turns into a battle. And then wow. to the point where a guy is like, yo, give me 20 <sighs> bottles of champagne. Oh. Which is, this is how I imagine that happened with Jay-Z. And that's give what me, happened. He ordered like 40 bottles and he was with like, like five guys. No one has more money than me. I'm going to I'm yeah. gonna run. You're going to run out of liquor before I run out of money. <laughs> is Jay-Z's motto. So you order 20 bottles of champagne oh. with the sparklers. and Oh, yeah. You know, it's it's fun in the moment. The next day, you're like, you're uh, not not as much fun as the tab was. Wow, no matter if I you're Jay Z or never, or AFD, it doesn't fun. matter. I do recommend you getting to that point to be able to do that just once. I wouldn't make a habit of it, but it is. It you is you've been involved in that. I've been involved. Like, you're egging the guy on. A little I've been bit. involved. Like, hey man, you should buy <laughs> my bachelor one. party was right after I signed my deal with the Browns. And it was so they were like, "Oh, Andrew, you're so rich. You should yeah. be buying all the bottles." And I'm like, "You're right. <laughs> you're right. <I> am <laughs> Give me rich. another one. I'll take ten more." Yeah. I've always thought that uh, a great business opportunity, and maybe you can join in with me on this, is to come up with a vodka, a tequila, and a champagne that's like a hundred thousand per bottle. Because you know darn well in that situation, those guys are looking at that menu, and it doesn't matter what it is and what it says, but they're buying whatever's the most expensive. So if you offer the most exclusive tequila (laughs) bottle or the most exclusive champagne, it doesn't matter what it tastes like. These guys are pouring it out anyway. They're going to buy it, and they're going to buy 10 of it because it's a status thing, and you're trying to show everybody else in the club. So All you got to do is sell like 50 bottles a year. The stuff is like... 10 bucks to make and they're selling it <laughs> right. for 10 grand a bottle exactly. so if we come up with a tomahawk champagne yes i think that's twice as expensive as ace of spades mm-hmm. that instantly when you order that everybody in the club knows that you've got the status yes. you've got the money the power and instantly everybody's gravitating to you and it becomes a battle like that i love it. i think that's where tomahawk we can make champagne. some money man. if we anybody's listening that. somebody make us a tomahawk champagne yeah. if there's, if there's a, a and make a cheap distillery. nft beer yeah. NFD beer, Nat- which is like a quarter a bottle <laughs> in the club. Take a Sharpie and put NFD over a Natty Ice can. <laughs> no, Natty Ice is too good. But, yeah, if there's any champagne distilleries or uh, vineyards or whatever they call it, 
please contact us. We can yes. do a uh, what do they call it? like an off label tomahawk gonna... champagne magnum bottles, and it's going to be fifty. Do we grand go a bottle. magnum bottle of tomahawk champagne first, or do we go t shirt? Because we've been getting a lot of t shirts. <laughs> I don't know if we should leapfrog T-shirts mm, to get yeah, to hundred first. Five dollar T-shirts and okay. then the fifty thousand dollar Magnum bottle of Tomahawk champagne. All right, and the T-shirts are coming. We haven't really talked it out or figured out how we're going to do it. We've been hit, hit up by like so many people about Tomahawk T-shirts. We're going to get them. Just you got to be patient with us. Uh, yeah. So I guess that does it for this episode. Well, not really because we have some some interviews coming from the Super Bowl interview. So now we're, we're going to kick it to more fun interviews from the Super Bowl. We have. Matt Forte, Melvin Ingram, and Nick Mangold showing some O-Lyman love. So remember to subscribe to us on anywhere the podcasts are available. Rate us five-star. Our five-star rating is upwards of like, we're getting, I think we're like around 2,000, which is a big deal. We're killing deal. it right now, yeah. We're like literally one of the right top behind PMT. sports podcasts. So we just got to keep that trend going. Make sure you like, subscribe, share. And um, yeah, listen to these awesome interviews. Dan, take it from here. As always, go jaw. Joe Hawk yourself. Hold on, say that again. Oh my God, he <laughs> fucked up. His go most jo- important role. Go my Joe. only, li- my only line. <laughs> you have one line. All right, he went with we're go firing Joe. Him. We're bringing Johnny back. Johnny's As always, be the Joe Hawk yourself guy. As uh, always, Joe Hawk yourself. My guy. Joining us next, we have the legendary best running back in NFL history, Matt Forte. <laughs> legendary. Yes, yes. yes. That's the only way to describe you. I like that. That's How awesome. you doing here? I'm doing I'm doing good. Are you having fun at Super Bowl week? I, do you do this a lot? Because I feel like you've been to these so many times. I've been to this makes ten. So ten <laughs> Super Bowl. It's not fun anymore. <laughs> I can imagine. It, it was fun when I was like a rookie and oh this is cool. Like you get to see Radio Row. Now I'm like, yeah, I guess yeah. I didn't make the playoffs. Didn't didn't make the big <laughs> game this year. I'm back. How many Super Bowls have you played in? Zero. How many I made one? NFC. So you can't, you can't, <laughs> you can't leave. You can't. With, uh, how hey. many have you been in? <laughs> how many been in? You can't. Yeah. Hey, you can't lose. It. I never lost in the Super Bowl. Yeah, That's you're good. undefeated. Yeah, me neither. If you've never yeah. been to one, you have LeBron beat. You have uh, Tom Brady beat. Yep. You and Eli. I've lost the <laughs> NFC Championship. That that hurt. I still think about oh, that. Against that the, against Aaron A Rod too, man. That's mm. the year they won. I remember. Yeah. I remember that. That is a heartbreaker. That was that was tough. Okay, tell me this. You guys finished, what was your record this year? I don't remember. You don't remember? Uh, but you did better than everyone <laughs> expected. Our record was better than expected. Your yeah. record was better than expected. Mm-hmm. So much so that even though you didn't sniff the playoffs, really, your coach was still up for coach of the year. Yeah. As he, That's how as low he, the expectations <laughs> were. <laughs> that is a wild, a wild ride to be a part of. What was it like I in the know. locker room? Yeah. I mean, it, it was good. It was good. We had, a lot of, we had a lot of young guys who need guidance. Yes. I would say. So. Uh, a lot of actually older guys and young guys who need guidance, but uh, that's a different story. But I think we our expectations were never low like that. Right. And you can't go in, as a player. You can't right. go into a season thinking like like how other people were thinking about you. Yes. Especially, like, Unfortunately, as a Cleveland Brown, <laughs> very aware of that. Well, uh, one of the Cleveland Browns was just won in the, in the uh, Pro Bowl, so he won a game. So yeah, that exactly. is a small so win. He was a win. We're not 0 and 16 this yeah. year. Cancel the parade. <laughs> Rewind time. Yeah. Cancel the parade. We won in 16. But no, like in the locker room, it's all about setting a standard. And, and no matter how the season goes, if you set that certain standard of, of play and in practice and how you approach every single game, mm-hmm. I think it adds character to your team, to the locker room. Uh, no matter what, and then th- you know things will turn around for for guys if we keep that standard there and keep right. working hard every day. Because you can work as hard as you want, and stuff is not always going to turn out the right way. Right. Not, you might not always be successful, yes. but 
um, if you keep going at it, you know, eventually you, it's, it's going to turn around for you. Start away with Atlanta Foundation. Yes, sir. Tell me this. Who was the pregame speech guy in Chicago? DeMario Davis. No, not no, no, not New, New York. York. We know. Chicago. Oh, Chicago. Hey, Chicago. we played with DeMario. We're getting okay. there. Yeah, I know those. We know he is <laughs> speaking. We're getting there. <laughs> Who was the pregame speech guy in Chicago? It was a lot of people. So, I had, I mean, we had a lot of, like, long-tenured, like, Pro Bowl vets. We had yeah. Erlacher. We had, you know, Briggs. Okay. Alex Brown. Tommy Harris. Anthony Adams. Like. So, you guys had a, a little mix. We had an awesome guy. Uh, D-line, like, core, yeah. you know, of guys who, you know, get in there. So where does DeMario Davis' pregame speech rank <laughs> on the list of guys you've played with? Yo, he's, he's – this year he was good. I'm he's, not sure how he was with y'all, but no. he was, like, good with us this year. He, he had some insightful, thoughtful stuff to say and, like, get people amped up. Was he every game? Was he Just 16? about. Yeah, yeah, he was every game. So DeMario is great in a pregame speech, but when you're losing – and you're zero and fourteen. That's tough, right? It's a tough crowd. Yeah, tough yeah, sell. It's yeah. a tough sell. Tough sell. Yeah. So Demario even found himself like the week one. It was like he was like Martin Luther King yeah. with the speeches <laughs> up there, and it was like masterful. By like week thirteen, he was like running out of shit to say. Nobody, nobody like, wanted to hear because him. nothing worked so far. So you can't go to the same thing. He would just be like, it ended up like, yo guys. Uh, <laughs> My kids are watching. This is embarrassing. Let's just let's just try our best. Bring it up. Like damn, Demario, oh, we feel you, bro. Man. So I always felt bad for him because as the season went on, it was it was harder to bring up that material. Well, I, I got I got to see a, a better better side of it. Yeah. Because you know we actually won. You like, guys win, like, lost, better win, than expected. Lost. You yeah. know you, you mix some games. But uh, he, he had some insightful stuff this year, man. It was I think he had he has the crowd right he now. Does. He does. That's he a has tough a crowd when you when, yeah. He has a knack for it. He's definitely going to go into public speaking when he's done. Either that or probably the ministry. Yeah. Because yeah, he seems like a preacher already. Oh, he's going he gonna to be preaching. For sure. I know that. Well, we got some quarterbacks here. You guys are in the market for a quarterback. Mm -hmm. Which one of these QBs walking around have you been trying to convince to come to New York? Or don't you care? Um, Until you get uh, a six-year extension. <laughs> <laughs> last year, your deal coming up? Yeah. yeah last New York, year my deal. I, don't worry. I'll take care of it from there. <laughs> Last year, I can tell you right now, my client is not coming to OTAs. He's not coming to camp until we figure out this contract situation. I don't know if I have enough leverage. You heard that. it. Yeah. We got to sell it. You heard it here first. The ball is in your court. So, which quarterback, when you do come back and they sign this six-year, $123 million contract, what, who do you want to be your quarterback? Rank them. Give me the top three. Let's see. Well, who's in the market? I don't even know. Don't Kirk, know. Cousins. I mean, Kirk, Kirk Cousins. Drew Brees. Drew Brees. He keeps saying he wants to go back to New Orleans, but nobody Drew's, believes Drew's him. Drew's being political. I want yeah. to be a saint for life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Political. Okay. You want to be rich for life. What, what if they offered you $1 million a year, Drew? What would you say then? I don't think he'd be saying you want to be a saint no. for life at a no. million dollars. Then he wouldn't be a, he would not be a saint. Yeah. He would no. be, He'd be a whoever the He'd have some bidder. words that saints don't <laughs> yeah, say. Exactly. Yeah, right. yeah. Exactly. But anyways, uh, Garoppolo, he'll, he'll resign Garoppolo. Yeah, with yeah. the 49ers. Oh, they, so Tyrod yeah. Taylor, he, he's probably going to be available. Um, that would be nice because Tyrod can run the ball. I like I like the uh, – You like running quarterbacks? I like running quarterbacks I never like running quarterbacks. I, as a running back, I do because okay. when we run that inside zone out of the gun – Then the backside DN can't come crashing down. And your quarterback doesn't run, yeah. you just get smashed in the side of the head every time. Uh, no one buys it. Exactly. No right. one's buying a Ryan Well, you got that, that unblocked defensive end on the backside. Defensive and end. if he's blocked by a tight end, then you got a safety killing you. Exactly. So either way, you're screwed unless – you got that quarterback that can threaten him on yeah, the air. Yeah, that I, makes I sense. Had, uh, you know, a couple years with 
with uh, Jay and, and Fitzpatrick, and they weren't running the ball. <laughs> they weren't going to pull it. Yeah. So A lot of people teeing off on you. Yeah, yeah. They knew Jay wasn't going to pull that. Unless so I don't like running quarterbacks because obviously <laughs> when shit breaks down, they just want to take off, which means I don't get any receptions, <laughs> which means I can't go to free agency and make any money. Everything that, All my decisions were based on if I can go to free agency and make money. So you not you don't like Russell Wilson? Russell Wilson, he, he, his, his receivers are He's a creator, he so he's creates. not going to So he scrambles around he's to gonna throw. He's going to still look yeah. downfield. Okay. It actually helps more yeah. because guys are scared he's going to run, and mm. then it opens us up. I don't like the guys who are like, one, two, three, oh, shit, I'm out. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Because yeah. I'm working hard on my run. I look back, you're right beside me rushing <laughs> up the field. I'm like, it's a waste of my damn time. So you become a blocker. Exactly. Yeah. I become but a blocker receiver. You can use that as a Man, you, have y'all seen my blocker? He's a great yeah. blocker. I am Tell a great what, blocker. It's unbelievable. And maybe because people don't expect me to be a good blocker. They, like, chill. Yeah. See, and that's, like, <laughs> that's it. Low expectations. Exactly. People out there. Expect the least out of everything you do, then you'll never be disappointed. But I can promise you, nobody's paying blocking receivers. <laughs> like, no one's playing tackling corners. <laughs> no one's paying blocking tackling receivers. Tackling corners and blocking receivers. <laughs> and running quarterbacks. That's what. That's what's on the. That's top, that's top, top priority. It's got to be. We got to. We got to make that hey, switch. If we can make the switch, corners, I'm coming back. Yeah. I'm coming back. I'm gonna, I'm gonna play receiver. Play. I'm gonna play in the slot. And just you could block. play in the slot though. I could. You could play receiver. There's certain guys that you're one of those guys that could play wide out. I might try to do a little bit of that this year. Maybe I'll market myself as I don't know a, where your top, uh, where's your top end speed at? Top end? I mean, you ran uh, a 40 today. What would you run? I don't know about a 40. I did run 21. Actually, I hold ran on. at 20. You know how they time you? That means as I think Let me answer this for you. 422, <laughs> New York Jets. That's what we run. The ball is in your court. Tell me this. How many more years are you going to play? Realistically. I don't know. Are you the guy that says, like, there's some, there's I want to play as long as I can, or are you no. saying, hey, yeah, I don't, you know, I don't, I don't want to play. play as long as I can because, like, you know, I wake up in the morning now, and I'm right. like, yeah. man, I don't even know. Uh, <laughs> as you can see, I was never there, as long as some, I can uh, guy. There's some goals that's out there personally that I want to try to reach. I mean, I'm, like, 200 yards away from 10,000 rushing. Wow. And I'm, like, maybe 300 and some change away from 5,000 receiving. And, you that's know, you, you, you get – 10, 10 and 5, like yeah, rushing yeah. and receiving, like wow. you, you, you're doing something. You're in the league company. You're doing something. You're How many Pro Bowls you playing? Uh, two. Would you I, I, think, I think it's different now. That like when my, my rookie year, I had I had 1,200 rushing and, and like uh, maybe five or 600 receiving, and I didn't even get alternate. Oh, and wow. I was like, that's crazy. Man, but then there's another year I had 102 receptions uh -huh. on a year and a thousand something rushing, and I didn't even get into the Pro Bowl. I was it's like, BS, man. The whole thing is messed up. What's I don't, going on? I don't get it. Tell me this. Would you trade your two Pro Bowls for a Super Bowl? Immediately. 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 Well, I guess that would – he's like the anomaly because usually I would say, would you trade your Pro Bowls for a Super Bowl? That means, like, well, I wouldn't have made the money that I made. But you didn't even get in the Pro Bowl in your best seasons, so that would be genius for you to trade them in and get a Super Bowl mm -hmm. ring. Yeah, I mean, personally – Super Bowls, I think, are worth more than, than, than Pro Bowls. You play in the Super Bowl. Well, people that play in the Super Bowl sometimes aren't really as good as some of the other guys, and they just they play in the Super Bowl. So it's like, that dude's awesome. Well, tell me this. To, make it, to bring it all the way back full circle, would you have, what, rather have three Super Bowl wins or the big money contracts that you've had in your career? <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying, says it I'm all. trying to Thank take care of my much. family. Hey, hey, I'm trying to take care of my family. I got kids. Jets. Three beautiful it's kids. It's about man. the money to us. <laughs> the ball's in your court. Matt Forte, man, we appreciate you Thank coming on the Tomahawk Show. Appreciate As it. always, make on, sure man, you guys subscribe on our YouTube. Watch all of our videos. We got some crazy guests here from Super Bowl 52. Is it 52? I think so. Super Bowl 52. Listen all to the podcast. Give us a 10 star rating or a 5 star if that's all we'll give you. And uh, again, appreciate you coming on, man. Thanks, brother. Thanks for having me.
Welcome back to the Tomahawk Show. We now have the distinct pleasure of bringing in the greatest outside linebacker in the history of sports. History. Also the most underrated. Unfortunately for you, you've been playing out in San Diego and L.A., and nobody knows your name except for the Tomahawk Show. Uh, but honestly, we played against each other the last few years. Uh, I miss you this year because I was hurt, but... Um, that was a game I was always really nervous for. I'm going to be honest. As you, should have been. You, you are such a stud out there. You play so hard that uh, I really believe you don't get the credit you deserve league-wide because you are one of the best edge setters, pass rushers that I have played against in my career. Yes, sir. I appreciate that. And now uh, you're going to help me with my supplement game because, as, yeah, you, as you know, definitely, definitely. I got this little chicken wing over here <laughs> after I had my, uh, my surgery yeah, after yeah. week seven, yeah. and I need to bulk up a little bit. Yeah. So I want you to tell me what type of supplements I need to get on so that I can get back to uh, being an uh, average left tackle in the NFL. No, yeah. no, 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 no. Let's get some straight <laughs> before we talk about anything. You're definitely not average. You sure? Because I definitely not. has been telling me I'm average, and I'm oh, like, oh, I'm man. okay with average. Don't let him know he's above average. Good. I think he, he just want to keep you level-headed. Yeah, exactly. I appreciate level that guy. But, but the supplements you get is pro-subs, man. They got the best in-class nutrition. Supplements is immediate results, man. And it'll take you to the next level, really. And I've been taking it. It's took me to the next level. And I know it ain't too many more levels you can get to because you're at the highest. <laughs> well, thank you. But I thank think you. it'll take you just a little bit more higher. So do you guys have, like, protein, creatine, yeah, amino man. acids? Like, what do you guys Everything. have? Everything. Protein, creatine, amino acids. Uh, we got bars. Snacks, mm -hmm. everything, anything That's you awesome. can think of, we what got you, it. What do you have for like a height? <laughs> uh, like I, I, I played my my career at five seven and a half. Uh -huh. Wouldn't mind being a good solid five ten. What exactly can I take from Pro Subs? I think I was pro, looking through the pro, list. Pro Subs, we could put a couple bars in your shoes. Okay. Been there, done that. I like that. He's yeah. already wearing the one and a half inch lift, so yeah. I don't know oh, how much cover we can put down I, there before he falls over. Gonna tip over. Heels. <laughs> pro subs, stilettos. I yeah, gotta ask you. Be lit. Um, <laughs> at the Pro Bowl, it's very famous for you freestyling with Von Miller. Mm. Yeah. It sounds like you got some talent now. Yeah, definitely. Uh, 15 years of competitive football. I call college football and pro football competitive football because okay. high school is like whatever. Yeah, yeah especially uh, in Wisconsin. But, yeah, so I'm not a freestyler, but okay. I've been around it a long time okay. in the locker rooms, and I would love for you and Hawk to go at it here, whoa, a little whoa, freestyle whoa, whoa. out. Because uh, Hawk, he keeps telling me how he won this Grammy uh, with his freestyle time, rapping. Time and I've never heard him say a lick. What I'm not going to let you do is try to bully me into a freestyle <laughs> battle. Busta Rhymes is up here. Yeah, he was. We should have had you guys the on together. That's the matchup I wanted. Oh, we yeah. just had Busta on. There's no expectations. Yeah, it would have been cool. Been I cool. wouldn't mind you freestyling to yourself about whatever you like. You probably got a, a dope rock. Think of this as Sway in the morning. You go on Sway, you know you got a rap. We saw him this morning, and I was like, oh, that's LeVar Arrington. And I was like, Hawks no. Like, Are you serious, you, you idiot? You called Sway in the morning, <laughs> LeVar such Arrington. such a moron. Yeah. Like, Everybody sorry, was dragged. Sway, Sway good people, though. Sway good people. I definitely want to get on this show and, so, and really body it how I'm supposed to. Well, here's your audition tape. Right here. Sway. Give us a little something. Sway's my guy, by the way. Sway, yeah. Sway this is for you. We, my man Mel's about to come through and show you what he's going to bring to the table. And so he can get in that conversation of the best athlete rappers. I don't, I don't think I have to get in that conversation. I'm already he's in that, there. there. He's there. You he's need there. to put him in that conversation because he's you already there. Mel, give him a little uh, something, a little taste. What, what, what y'all want me to talk about? What's the word of the day? It's What's anything, man. No, you got to give me a word. You got blank canvas. <laughs> uh, Tomahawk podcast. Uh, uh, <laughs> no, 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 no. That's too hard. That's too hard. That's, too that's hard. ridiculous. Give me, give me a good word. Let me get. Great word. Come on, give me something. Shake. Shake. I'm looking at the Shake Shack. 
And we don't have a sponsorship with them. Shake Shack, call us. But <laughs> start with the word shake, and then go ahead and do your thing, man. All right. There's money There's money we're going to make sitting in front of Shake. Uh. Tomahawk show. Mm. Oh. Yeah, we about to go. Go. Uh -huh. Everybody slow. Uh. Man, we glow. Okay. Pro sucks, bro. Hey. Uh -huh. Got it at the door. I like it. Yeah. You know, that might be our new theme song yeah. right there. That's how yeah. we're bringing yeah. it in. That's how we're introing the show from yeah. now on. Yeah, Tomahawk show. Yeah. Tomahawk show. Uh. Make everybody glow. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, yep. me and my bro. Hey. Tomahawk show. show. He got them chains on. on. He doing his thing. Yeah. White toe bogging. Hey. He gonna be rocking. Yeah. Yeah, we over here rocking. Okay. And we never stopping. Hey. See, I know, I know, I know. Yeah. This is like, what you get for yeah. the Tomahawk show, man. Exactly. It's lit, man. It's, it's amazing. Lit. Best hey, show over here. Best party you've oh, been man. to so far. Exactly, exactly. Best party I've been to, uh, I don't, everyone, I'm the life of the party. When I you get really there. are. No doubt. There's no, no doubt. People yeah. say that, yeah. but I was at the party with yeah, him yesterday. Yeah. Oh, the, you were there? I'm the Bro, when he walks the in the party, he oh, has yeah. like this. Uh -huh. You just know club. he's the man. Yeah. Yeah. Him, yeah. And, yeah. him and Gurley was walking yeah. through, and it was like, yeah. and yeah. they so cool with yeah. it, too. they just like, oh, what's up, man? Gurley's like, hey, oh, man, I see you, man. I'm like, yeah, they got that swag. I remember I used to have that swag. I actually never had that swag. You still got it. But I ain't got it to that level. You got the juice, bro. We call it the juice. It's drip season. Drip season. You get the juice. You get the juice from. From, from Pro Sup. Exactly. Get you some juice from Pro Sup. Exactly. My man Mel here pushing it, Mel. We appreciate you coming yeah, on the Tomahawk Show. I appreciate y'all too, boss. Definitely. Like, Make sure everyone watching on YouTube, you, you subscribe, listen to the podcast on audio, rate five stars. Make sure you check it out for content here for Super Bowl. Welcome back to the Tomahawk Show. We've got the greatest center in the history of the NFL with us. Also the greatest athlete from Ohio of all time. <laughs> yes. My good friend, Nick Mangold. Welcome to the Tomahawk Show. Doing, Nick, Joe? welcome, brother. How are we doing today? Great. We got to start off here because uh, you're bringing this delicious snack in front of our faces mm -hmm. here. And uh, I want you to tell me what's going on here because I've never seen something like this in my so life. So this is a, a quick recap. I, I teamed up with uh, PepsiCo. We did uh, the game day grub match. And it was me, Rashad Jennings, and Greg Jennings. We uh -huh. had uh, three dishes that we had to prepare using PepsiCo. Why is your product. last name Jennings? I don't know. It was like um, you're sort of the I, I feel like Jennings, there, Mangle, huh? Jennings. Jennings, Mangle, or that Manning, sounds like a, uh, a law firm. Mangle, <laughs> Jennings, <laughs> and Jennings. Mangle, Jennings, Jennings, and Jennings. Jennings, and Mangle. <laughs> um, and so we uh, we did three dishes. Obviously, I won because I'm here. You won. Um, this won. is your dish. So I got twenty five thousand dollars for the uh, New York City Food Bank. You crumpled um, up Doritos <laughs> on wings. <laughs> you bought these are wild wings. <laughs> these are marinated. These are marinated in coconut water. Okay. You know, there's uh, stuff oh, going on. Wow. Okay. Tell us all about it. No so we're yeah, big I mean, eaters. It's you couldn't tell by Andrew his six pack. I ate on Tuesday. So I'm a huge eater. He's really ready, ready for, to go again. He's ready for another meal here, yeah. as you well, can see, cold, with two wings. The only way is to warm up is to eat. That's right. You know, so, yeah. So, so, give us the recipe if people want to make it at home well, on Super Bowl Well, here's the best part. You just go to gamedaygrubmatch.com. You see all of our recipes. Okay. I think Greg did a braised brat in Mountain Dew. Because, Wait, that worked? Because Count why not? <laughs> it worked. It was delicious. It was amazing. Wow. So you can catch all those recipes out there. Cool. Um, and it's a lot of fun. Well, that's awesome, man. Is well, this plastic or can we eat this? No, you can eat. Dig in. All right. Is it plastic? So how's, how's I Radio Road going? It took me a second. I, I was like, this flag is, this is plastic? menu food? Or? Like, yeah. How's no, Radio Road going? Radio Road's been so a lot of fun. I, I've never sat. Like, you, you're now on this side of the table, mm -hmm. right? And You've so, never sat over here? I thought no, you did I'm, some radio work. I always do. I'm always on that side. Yeah. And so now seeing you here, yeah. right, and doing it and seeing and being a part of this mm -hmm. radio. Andrew's out like? for the rest of the time. Yeah, because he's enjoying your wing. Do your thing. Talk about double teams and pool ball. What is it? What is your experience? It's been a lot of fun, honestly. Um, 
this is something that sort of happened organically, the Tomahawk podcast. I've been like following, don't five, worry. Five weeks ago, or even last, yeah. like four weeks ago. I don't, uh, I don't pod, but yeah. I've been following on yeah, Twitter. Yeah, yeah, uninterrupted, like just out of nowhere says, hey, we want you to do a podcast on our platform. And I'm like, what's a podcast? <laughs> and then Hawk, my guy, was uh, there going, hey, we should do it together. And I'm like, that would be amazing because just me would be weird. You know, me and you, but, you know, you add Hawk into the mix, it would be mm-hmm. a lot of fun. And, yeah. Well, and it, it gave you the cool name, too. Exactly. And, and without, it was without just like him, a, it would be Thomas. It was the Thomas Hour. Thomas Show. AJ Hawk first. AJ Hawk was like, no, I have my own podcast. Yeah, he was like, uh, was the, I'm too big for you guys. Yeah. And uh, he just went Hawk cast. Mm-hmm. So, like, that was like, <laughs> yes. he just, and that's what he did, yeah. where it doesn't work. You need, you need the comic combination so exactly. my sister just got married right okay. the olympic weightlifter uh-huh. and so they're trying to figure out last names because she loves the name of mangold because you know that's family yeah. name and everything mm-hmm. but his last name um it probably is, stinks doesn't it yeah it's not that great but it has <laughs> some ram polish in it. name that it nobody has, can pronounce <laughs> it has ram in it so she, so she wants to combine the names and go Ramgold. Ramgold. Wow. Yeah. Interesting. So would they both change their name to Ramgold, or that's are they going to have the kids be Ramgold? No, they would all change their names. That's wow. how crazy they are. I that's love insane. That. It's so much fun. Like she's yeah. such a wild child. Like just out there, yeah. does yeah. all just of a sudden will just like show up at the door yeah. and like, hey, I'm here for two weeks. Yeah. Ramgold yeah. in the house. Yeah. Ram yeah. Yeah. I think yeah. Man Ram would have been better. But Man, Man Ram. <laughs> Man. Oh boy. That's a different podcast. Different podcast. Wow. Yeah. That that's one, the no, after dark. After dark podcast. There. But you know. Going back to the podcast and being on the other side, it's like for him and I, we're not really interviewers, I guess. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We're just having the same conversations that the three of us would have had in the locker room. Right. Exactly. But we're putting mics on, right. and then occasionally we're having guests on. Mm-hmm. So that's why it's been fun for us because we're kind of continuing our relationship, continue the conversations that we've had, only we're inviting, you know, hundreds of millions of listeners yes. from aclo- of across the globe yes. in to hear our conversation. And so far it's been very well reviewed. I mean, we're the fastest growing podcast. Actually, There's a lot of five podcast star, history, a lot of five-star reviews. Uh, yes. th- millions of Five-star reviews. Actually, pardon my take, had us on yesterday Mm -hmm. to try to kill us Godfather style. Uh, And they were like, you have to sit in that seat. Oh, this is a seat. I tried to sit in a different spot. They're like, no, you got to sit there because they're so threatened by our rise, our meteoric rise in the podcast business. But uh, but let's talk about you. Enough about us. Let's talk about you. Enough about the best podcast ever. The best podcast ever, five-star reviewed podcast. Yes. Let's talk about Nick Mangold, Mr. Ohio. Mr. Ohio. You didn't play in the NFL this year. I did not. This was your first year out of the game. For most of it. Uh, I was not playing either. Even when I was there, I really wasn't playing the NFL this year. We're, we're actually uh, not an NFL podcast whatsoever. Um, but we're an what XFL was it like? podcast. Yeah, yeah, XFL podcast. Uh, what would your XFL name be on the back of your jersey? Would be Would it be Man Man Ram or Ram Man? Man Ram. He loves me. That's what I would do. He loves me. He loves me. That'd be perfect for you. Uh, but no, um, what was it like being out of the game for a full year? being away from it completely you know it was very interesting and it, it kind of you know my son now is seven years old and so this was my first august that i had with him uh-huh. i've never had an august with him and i uh, so to me i felt like i gained an extra month out of the year mm-hmm. yes. like all of a sudden i got to spend all this extra time with him we got two other kids as well and it was fun but he had the long run um and then just being being kind of a fan you know and not being like I've watched games, and a lot of times, like if you play the one o'clock game and you get home and you're watching the Sunday night game, and you're watching it, you're like, "All right, we play these guys in two weeks, so maybe I'm just gonna watch it and have a little idea of like, yeah. hey, maybe I should yeah, pay you're attention." Yeah, kind of watching the nose guy, like, seeing yeah. what he's doing. <laughs> <laughs> but, but 
this time it was just like, all right, I'm just going to watch it. I'm going to have fun. Just enjoy the game. And I like, tried this weekly Odell fantasy. Beckham character? Who's this <laughs> o Odell Beckham? <laughs> the Wikipedia. Beckham? How do you from? pronounce that? Beckham? <laughs> Beckham? Is Beckham it English? Three? Yes, it is. Um, but I, I tried a weekly fantasy because I have no idea what, what I'm doing do? and everything. Ah. Yeah. I failed so miserably. Really? <laughs> and it was like I was only doing like the dollar game, so I didn't lose that much money. But. Just the idea that like, I'm getting, I got smoked. Like every there's some week. like 12 year old nerd over in uh, <laughs> like Japan that's yeah. sitting in a computer just like crushing crush you crush on his noob. football knowledge. Yeah. Yeah. He's this like, who's noob. this loser? He's <laughs> yeah. like putting the headset on. I don't know if they do that. I, I can't don't do believe any of that they picked. I can't believe he put this guy in. Like, <laughs> I, was, I was like, this is absurd. What a moron. People expect because <laughs> you play in the NFL that you know everything about football. Exactly. But then you pick playoff teams, and I went like two and 12 in all the games. Mm. <laughs> yeah, he was horrible. That was bad. We've been picking winners during the playoffs and. And Dan is the best, you know, the guy that doesn't, play, that doesn't right. play football. Mr. I was, like, in the middle, and then Hawk was just abysmal. He yeah. missed on every single one except for the Patriots. I pick with my heart every time. Every I'm time. like, I don't want this team to win, so I'm going to bet against the other one. I don't yeah. like their left tackle. We've been yeah. a when I met him. See, exactly. So that's how, that's how I pick games, too. Yeah. It's like, do I know anybody on this team? Exactly. Okay, I know someone on this team. Oh, yeah, I really like him. All right, I want that team to win. All right, exactly. Exactly. Well, Nick, we appreciate you coming on. Thank you. You're always welcome here on the Tomahawk Podcast. Thank you for not big-timing me again like yesterday. Oh, there we go. Wow. There we go. I appreciate Joey's that. that guy. And then he then he came at me on Twitter. That's what really oh, yeah, that's yeah. what I really honked that. me off. He'll berate you on Twitter. That's what that's, that that's really element. Me that's my safe space. So then that, I don't yeah. have to confront you in, in real life. Yeah, but then I like, showed yeah. up. <laughs> I'm here. <laughs> I was like, Look, you're not supposed to be here. I was, I was like, like, like prove me wrong. I was like, okay, I'm coming in. Coming See, in hot. That's how Tom Hawk show gets these huge guests. The yeah. best center of all time. <laughs> we get him here. Is that how we got on Twitter? That's how we got busted. We called him out, we've created beef, then we get him on the show. That's how we do it. Thanks for joining us. The wing was amazing, by the way. Thank you. I appreciate, we appreciate that. you joining the Tom Hawk Show, best center in NBA history, Nick Mangold. <laughs>